Hallelujah. For I know that my Redeemer liveth, ah, and he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. Oh, for I know that my Redeemer liveth. No matter what you are going through right now in your life, I want you to understand something that you must know something that your Redeemer lives. Your Redeemer, a Redeemer is a person that repays, a person that recovers, a person that saves. Oh, I make a prophetic statement over your head in the name of Jesus. And you know, growing together, we do not joke and we do not trivialize the blessings from the mouth of a preacher. Uh, because the preacher is the bridge between God and the believer. So we do not joke with it at all. And as I make a prophetic declaration over your head, may you recover everything. May things that needs to be repaid to you be repaid. And may your Redeemer save everything concerning your life in the name of Jesus. Oh, I know that my Redeemer lives. You know, you know, Job was the wealthiest person that lived even in his time. He was a good, good guy. He was an awesome guy. There is something you should understand about this particular person. Job was a good guy. Job was an honest person. So the Bible even describes him in the chapter 1 that he was an upright man. Other version says he was a perfect man, which too which means that he was a very very good guy and he was also he was very wealthy he he lived a good life he had eleven thousand servants including um children and women that was a large kind of living oh i pray for somebody in the name of jesus may the lord god bless you to have plenty in the name of jesus may the lord god bless you to have plenty eleven thousand Servant, that's that's amazing. And he was blessed in agriculture. He had land, he had cattle, he had donkeys, he had all the all the animals that we could name of. Job had all of them. Huh. And not only that, he was also blessed in it. You know, when we're reading from the book of the book of Deuteronomy, the chapter 28, and then the Lord God was blessing us, the Lord God, the word of God was coming to us, even through that chapter. One thing that God promised us that is going to bless us, is going to bless us in our body, which, which means that he's going to bless the fruit of our womb. Job had 10 children. Wow. 10 children. And that's amazing. He has seven sons and three daughters. I pray for somebody in the name of our Lord Jesus. May God even bless and bless you in your body. Ah, hallelujah. May God bless and bless you even in your body. Bless and bless you even in your body. Amen. One thing we see in the passage was that Job, the Bible said that he would constantly pray for his people, constantly pray for his children. And that is why in the chapter 1, it says that early every morning, that is the Hebrew idiom of saying that regularly. It means that he was a man that regularly prayed. I pray that in this year and in the year of growth, you would have um the appetite of constantly going before your god in prayer 
when people are giving out on prayer, I would pray and I would recommend prayer for you that be a man that every early morning, which means that, uh, which is a, is a Hebrew idiom of saying regularly, constantly, I pray that constantly you find your God in the place of prayer. So you see, you take the life of Job and that you see that this was a man that enjoyed life. This was a man that lived large. This was a man that was blessed by God. He was an upright man. But one thing that amazes me after this nine story said about Job was that the life and then the picture changes to a horror scene. It changes to a horror movie. And then everything about it, everything about the story changed, and everything about him changed. The Bible said he was an upright man, and I was expecting that because of his uprightness, he would become so, so, so blessed, even the more. But the issue was that the uprightness of Job did not prevent him from difficulties. I was expecting that the uprightness of Job prevent him from difficulties, but the uprightness of Job rather promoted him to difficulties. Hey. Wow. The uprightness of Job didn't prevent him from difficulties, but this time around, the uprightness of Job rather pushed him, promoted him to pain. So there comes a time in the life of a man that there are things that you did not call for. There are, there are obstacles that you did not bring. There are things that you know that you know that you did everything right, but you find yourself even at that same posture. And that is the very same place that Job found himself. He was in a place that he didn't call for it. He was in a place and a circumstance that he didn't do. He didn't call for it. Look, as a matter of fact, it was the devil and God that were playing. That were playing. If it's not, it's, if, it's like I want to be very, very Christian. I would have said, I would have said they were playing bets with Job's life. Uh, I would have I would have said this because the one time the devil wakes up and then the devil goes where the children of God and the sons of God are and then God began to ask the devil a person have you considered my servant Job wow this also presupposes to and it talks to and it communicates to me that this is it that you know God so much trusted Job to the extent that God can even be the first to bring things to to bring the attention of the devil to Job. May God so much find us upright that God can vouch on us. That God can say that I, I know this person. I know this young lady amidst the troubles, amidst the very things that is going to happen to her here in this country, to, to her even in this institution, to her even in this condition. There are other people that when they look at the very things that are happening, that is happening around even Ghana, that oh, now it's not about how much you study, or it's not about how your certificate is decorated, or how hardworking it, it is to be a lady, it's about how beautiful you are, and how you can open 
start some things for some people and you have that contract and you have that job and you have that place and you have that money and you have that land you know I miss all of that can God vouch on a man here can God vouch on a lady here and God said that oh for this my daughter for this my son amidst all the troubles I can vouch on her to the extent that she will not do that he will not do that oh I know I know that my redeemer lives oh and it was it was through no fault of Job's Ah, that Job found himself in a place he didn't ask for, in a place he wasn't prepared for, in a place he never thought he could be. And Satan also said, and Satan said, um, it, will, it is because Job is so much having, having properties, he's having everything that a man could ever think. He was healthy, he was wealthy, he had families, he had lands, he had servants. What? else could a man ask for job is living their life he's living their he's living their career life perhaps he's living the american dream perhaps he's living the china dream he's living he's living the dream that everybody wanted to do so god said okay i give you permission you can do everything to him so the devil said oh if you take this thing away from him he's going to curse you he's going to curse you he's going to he's going to move away from you and god said no you wouldn't huh I, the last time, sincerely, these are my thoughts. Let me let me communicate some of my thoughts to you. Uh, I think anytime I read the story of Job, I, I say things in my head like, God, never, never do this to me, I beg. Mm, never do this to me, I beg. Never, like, please. No matter how you how you think I, I do that, please, I beg. I, I just beg you, you please don't do that. Let me uh, let me stay like that because I'm no, I, I don't I don't know how or how things will evolve, God. I don't know. Because I don't really know if I'll, I please I beg. These are my thoughts. And I believe that you see. Ah, come on. The guy was good. And so Job began to lose everything. He lost everything. He started from his dear, his, uh, those that were dear to him, his dear children. His, he lost all ten of his children. He lost his servant. He lost his animals. He lost all the properties that he had acquired. He even lost his, his health. So he was in constant pain and he covered himself in sores. Uh, he covered himself, he covered himself in, you know, he was covered in sores every, everywhere. This was the extent to which these things went. Wow. You know, the only thing that were left of Job was his wife. I don't know why God spared the wife. Uh, uh, and at times it's like I want to side with the wife. At times I don't want to. And I'm I'm human, so it's understandable. I, at times I want to side with the wife that this is a mother that has lost ten children now. Ten, ten. So the trauma alone 
this is a woman that was living large. Perhaps she had a lot of friends that every time would come there. And you know how ladies want to flaunt riches. It was just showing the friends some Gucci bags and some, some all the things, all the sprays. All the perfumes, all the you know, all the colons, he was just trying to live and to maybe. And just one day, all those things goes away. The children also goes away. But also in the other angle, I begin to see the wife as the reason why the devil didn't take that away from him was because the devil was only living things that would make Job curse God. He knew that the wife was materialistic. He knew that the wife is going to make him stumble. So he left that. The devil is very strategic. He took everything, but he didn't take, he didn't take the wife of Job. And he didn't take the friends of Job too. Because we see, we see that right after here, the story stems into the friends of Job, visiting Job and telling him a lot of things. But the Bible says that despite all these things, Job remained faithful to God. I pray in the name of our Lord Jesus that you will be very faithful in every way possible. In every way possible, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will be very faithful, faithful to the very last. That you will not serve God based on things. And you know, the very thing of this um, come to God and things will be very okay with you and as a Christian you're not supposed to suffer it's not of God oh the last time I was, I was listening to a radio station and a man of God was, was saying things and a man of God saying that when you suffer you're not a Christian when you are sick you're not a Christian I said oh this man of God doesn't know his Bible at all because Jesus said in this world you have many troubles and and and, and <laughs> As long as you know, that is why at times the world sees us as some way. You must understand that as a Christian, you go through troubles. As you must understand that that will happen, and it will happen. I just pray that you will be strong during those moments in your life. You know, when we read the rest of the book of Job, we find out the friends of Job. They they came and they were advising him. When they had the very terrible condition, uh, Eliphaz and Bildad and Zobah, they came around, they came to confront him. It looked so bad that they, they, they tear their garment in sympathy. And for seven days, they didn't say anything. And actually, I was saying that was a good thing. The only good thing that they did to Job was to remain silent with him for seven days. Because after that was disaster. There are times that your kind word to somebody will be your unspoken word. There are times the very kind thing you can do to somebody in trouble will be your unspoken word. There are times where when, when someone goes into trouble, that is not where you begin to defend God to the person. Just leave God. God can defend himself. He is a God by himself. He doesn't need any defense. There are times someone just needs your sympathy. Someone needs you to be there. Someone needs you to just just be there. Just tell them it is well. God will comfort you. May the strength of God be with you. That is what someone needs. I, I remember a story of 
one of my one of my dearest my dearest daughters and then she came to me she was very frustrated after school and then she said after I don't want to serve God again and all that I'm not coming to church again I said oh why I said oh it's because uh, 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 my I didn't complete with the class that I wanted and he said, oh, eh, why is it that other people were having a good class and all of that? And I said, oh, did you remember what I said to you? Did you remember when the times that you, you'll be praying and then I'll pray for you and then the word of God came to you through my mouth that the Lord said, I should tell you that it's not going to change no matter what I, because when I, when I see, when I see these things, when I see that which is ahead of you, I see that virtually nothing will change about the academics, but that which God promises you and that which God promised her is that right after school, God is going to come through for her. And then he said, yes, I remember perfectly. But there were other people that when they were praying with me, they were saying good things. And I'm saying, that is that is them. But right now, I want you to focus. He says, okay, so why is it that God will not give me uh, uh, good grace like he was giving the other people some? And you know, it was a very logical thing she was saying. <laughs> like, it's true. Like, in, in, my, in my consent and in my mind, I was just thinking, but God, give her good grace and give her, why can't, you can do both, so why? So why? But then you see, that is why he is God. And that is why he still remains God. And the, the very things we don't understand, and the very thing that, you see, our wisdom to God is foolishness. Because, you know, I, I don't want to think for God. I don't want to think for God. But you see, I have seen people that good times have made them swear away from God. And it ended them in misery. And I've seen people that bad times made them focus on God. Knowing that they had no other option than to, to embrace God and to embrace God well. And made them focus on God. And the more they focus on God, the more tentatively they were able to even get what they desired and what God would have for them. So in moments like that, I don't want to defend God. I don't want to say anything. No, no, no. I just leave God to be God. I just leave the wisdom of God to operate. And I just focus on me sympathizing with the person. I try, I try my best. Because I've seen, I've seen that people have tried to defend God. People have tried to save God and they ended up losing their life. And a clear-cut example is a man called Uzzah in the Bible. The Bible said the Ark of the Covenant was about to leave even from the heads or from the hands of the priest. And there was a man called Uzza said, let me save God. Let and God struck him dead. Oh. One of the things that I when I when when when, when I go to heaven now, I, I would want to ask God was why did he do that? Why should you want to strike a man that in his mind he was just trying to help? God all by himself. Somebody say, I know. Ah. ah, somebody say, I know. Come on now. And we find in the uh, in the story that the advice, that is the advice of the three friends of, of Job, that is Eliphaz, Bill, Bill that, and then um, um, Zophar, uh, they, they, we see that the advice goes on and goes on. And most of it is very bad. It's a very bad advice. So I always tell people that when you're advising people, you see, when you want to pick something from the book of Job, you should read from the start to the end. At 
at first understand what happened before you pick something from the book of Job. Because you can use something from the Bible to really make somebody enter into trouble, especially the things that these three people were saying. Most of them were errors. Most of them were errors after errors. I pray for you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I pray for you in the name of Jesus Christ that in your times of trouble, you have people that will be by your side that will advise you and advise you well. These people talk to God, talk to Job so much. The, the elders, the builder and the Zohar, they, they, they advise, the, the youngest also came. He came to do Gagai as if he was wiser, but yet still, he still entered the very same thing. They were saying, you have done something bad. You need to say it. You have done something that against God. And Job had checked, and Job had gone through all his records. And Job said, I haven't done anything. I haven't done anything. Anything. Haven't done anything. And you see, you must be very, 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 very quick. You must be very, very, very slow, as a matter of fact, to judge people. And you see people go through trials and challenges in their life. And it's something you should, you should typically understand. It should be a practice. Be very slow in judging people when you see people go through trials. Because you see, in the same prison, we found we find Joseph. In the same prison, we find also the, the cup bearer. And we find the other people, other prisoners. And you see, you can actually find a good person in a bad condition. It doesn't make them bad. So be very slow as a child of God when you see somebody enter troubles and enter trials. When you see a faithful person or someone who served God or someone who claimed to love God and who claimed to pursue God enter troubles, enter things, and you say, Oh, I think now he has swayed. I think now he has turned. I think now he did something bad. The reason why he's sick is because he did something bad. The reason why this person died is because he did something that was not good. Ah, that is religion. I pray you move away from religion. I pray that you move away from religion, religious mentality. And my Bible has made me understand that even, even the good, the most upright people at the end of their uprightness still find themselves, or they found themselves in pain, in, 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 in pain, in suffering, and in loss. A Christian can suffer, a Christian can force it, but I pray that that is not the, the final destination of that child of God. Hallelujah. Sequentially, we see God showed up, and now God shows up, and eventually, out of the storm, he begins to talk to Job, man to man. You know, Job was Job was questioning God, and Job, Job was trying to bombard God with a lot of questions. And but yet he didn't care, he never cares God. That is one thing I think preachers we don't really highlight. We find clearly in the scriptures that Job was so much talking to God, like in haste, he was talking to God in so much passion, he was talking to God in so much pain, and he was talking to God like big, big things saying. And God also showed up, and God began to ask Job questions and Job was very silent very very quiet 
discover that Job repented. And God does make it himself very clear to Job. And he condemns the friends of Job who falsely accused him. And then he asked Job to pray for them. And the Bible said that Job received in restitution. He received everything that he had ever lost. Both in cattle, children, you see double of it. Hallelujah. And you know, when I look through the, the story of Job, is a very nice story. You can you can actually have time and read into the story of Job. But you see, as I read through the entire book of Job, this is what I discovered: that the key to Job's survival took me in his horrific trial was in Job 19 the verse 25 he said that for I know that my redeemer lives when he lost everything he had he lost his children he lost everything he had he lost his, his, his wealth he lost his health he lost every other thing that the thing that became his anchor, even in times like that, he said, For I know that my Redeemer lives. I know. I know. Me name said, Redeemer follow. What he has For I know that my Redeemer lives. You know, in the times of trials, when everything is against you, when circumstances are against you, when friends are against you, when family, they are against you, when conditions are against you, when you look at the north, you look at the south, you look at the west, you look at the east, and everything looks against you, what you know is that which is going to keep you going. What you know is going to be your savior. What do you know? Hmm. What do you know? There are times family will be against you. There are times systems will be against you. There are times conditions that surround you will be against you. It takes that which you know to be standing. It takes that which you know to be going. Somebody say, I know. What do you know? Job said, for I know that my Redeemer lives. I know that my Redeemer lives. I know that my Redeemer lives. What you know is very critical. It is that which is going to keep you either start or going. If you know some things and there are some things that if you know is going to fuel you, you know, it's going to propel energy into you. Job knew his Redeemer. He knew the, the one who is able to repay. He knew the one who is able to recover. He knew the one who is able to save and it kept him going. It fueled him. So he was not concentrating on even his happenstance. He was not concentrating in his environment. He was not concentrating in the thing that was around him. He was focusing on even the goal because he has knowledge about something that the other people did not know. It is knowledge that, that positions you above your companion. Knowledge would position you above your companion. Knowledge will give you a different interpretation as to the thing that happens in your life. To somebody, this is meant to kill me, but to another person, this is meant to build me. What do you 
know her. Oh, to somebody, this is meant to bring me down. To another person, this is meant to make me so higher, to make me jump higher, to make me go higher, to make me reach higher. To somebody, I am born in Africa so that I will not be able to do so many things. I am, I am, I am having limited resources so that I will not be able to do other things. Oh, I came from this family, I came from this clan so that I will not be able to reach higher person to another person. And, oh, I came from this place that I'll be able to know and I'll be able to go far. When the disciples saw the man that was crippled, they began to ask Jesus. And they were saying, so this person, was it the fault of his mother? Was it the fault of his father? Was it the fault of even the thing that even he himself did? But Jesus knew something different. When the other people knew even, even what we call the, the, the uh, a state of downsidedness, Jesus knew something different. Jesus knew something that was upright. Jesus said that the glory of God will be revealed. Ah, what you know will put you ahead of your companions. What you know will give you a different interpretation. What you know will fuel you when others are defueled. What you know will pump into you power. What you know will pump into you peace. When everybody's looking around Ghana and looking around their systems and looking around the world and they say the world we live in is a very chaotic world. The person that knows that God has promised him peace, God has promised her peace, God has promised her peace will say, oh, I know of a God that even distinguished Goshen, that was even a subset of a bigger set of Egypt. I know this, therefore, I'm not perturbed, I'm not disturbed, I'm not discouraged, I'm not going to wait down because I know something and that which I know puts me above. Oh, Job knew something. Job knew something that he other colleagues did not know. I pray for you in the name of Jesus. Subscribe to knowledge. Subscribe to something. Subscribe to something and know something. That is the work. That is why preachers are sent. That is why preachers are sent. That you will know something. That is why preachers are sent to know something. You know, there are times when you look at your condition and you look at the prophetic word that is coming into your life. It looks as if the prophetic word doesn't tell you with your normal condition. How can you look at me, man of God? How can you look at me right now and tell me I am made for exploit. How can you look at me right now and can say I'm the, I'm going to be the next best preacher. I'm going to be the next big thing. I'm going to be an anointed person. Look at me now. I don't look like it. I don't, you know something. It is the preacher's job. It is the prophet's job. It is the man of God's job. It is the apostle's, the, the evangelist's job to even give to you where you are going and not to describe your current location, your current circumstance to you. He is trying to paint a picture of knowledge to you, a picture to you that you will know where you are going. I came to declare God's word over the head, over the head of somebody now in the name of our Lord Jesus that you are knowing, you are going to know something. You are going to have knowledge over something. You are going to have knowledge in a sphere. You are going to have knowledge in a thing. You are going to have knowledge in a condition that is going to make you so higher in the condition. What do you know? Oh, what do you know? What do you know? Oh, what do you know? What do you know? What do you know? Hmm. What do you know? What do you know? For I know that my redeemer lives. Ha. I know. And you know. 
that is the work of preachers. A preacher is sent that you will know. A preacher is sent to you that you will know. That is why we keep we keep roasting God's word. That is why we cook, we keep cooking God's word. That is why we keep frying it. It's the same word of God, but we fry them, we steam them, we roast them. We want to place a higher knowledge into your head. We want to place a higher knowledge into your your head. That is why we spend sleepless nights praying. That is why we spend sleepless days. We praying and learning and isolating ourselves that we can oh, we can have God's word and we can we can we can we can describe your God to you vividly that your God is not going to kill you that your God is not going to is not going to destroy you that your God is wishing you well that your God is having something higher for you that you have this knowledge and is that is that which you are going to have the knowledge that you are going to have that is going to make you have mastery over what you are doing mastery over over your circumstances mastery in your circle mastery in that which in that in that which you do in the name of Jesus what you know what you know what you know what you know something know something know something know something know something know that God is good know that know that he's a faithful God know that man 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 is a liar and man can lie and know that god is not a man and god does not lie god does not delay god does not god does no 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 god is a faithful god he's a true god he's a true god and know that god will eventually come to come through for you know that god is love know that god is kind know that god is good know that god is on your side know that god is merciful but know that his faithfulness endured his message endured forevermore know these things when you know these things when you are going through trials when you are going through challenges when you are going through every condition that you will go through god will help you out. And Job said, I know that my Redeemer lives. I know that my Redeemer lives. I know that my Redeemer lives. My God. Oh, I want to tell somebody that every word of God that has ever come to you will come to pass. I want to tell somebody that every word of God that has ever been released into your life will come to pass. When you read the scriptures and there is a word of God that, that you it, 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 it picks in your heart, that is also God's word and it will come to pass. Oh, when you read the word of God that you see that it is said that you are the head and not the tail, the only thing that God needs from you is your agreement. God just needs your agreement. Oh, me nimse, me dima for etiase. Your redeemer is not dead. Your redeemer lives. Your redeemer is not dead. Your redeemer lives. Your redeemer is not dead. Your redeemer lives. That is that is what that is that is which 
anchored Job, even in, in even in the suffering times, even in his times of grief, it is that which anchored Job. It made Job know that no, I'm not going to die. I cannot curse God. I will not curse God. Why? My Redeemer is alive, and something that is alive. Something that is alive is going to make me come back to life. He had this very assurance in him that his Redeemer lives. I came to tell somebody in the name of our Lord Jesus, there is a Redeemer that is alive. He's going to bring you back to life. He's going to make the work back to life. He's going to bring that relationship back to life. He's going to bring your mind back to life. He's going to bring the dead situations back to life. He's going to bring everything back to life. So. Um, uh, oh my God! Job had a revelation that his redeemer is not asleep. His redeemer is not dead. His redeemer is not decayed, but his redeemer lives, and therefore that which is alive is going to make him come back to life. I pray for somebody now, and I release a prophetic statement over your head. Every dead thing in your life, I make a prayer for you in the name of Jesus. May it come back to life. May it come back to life. I make a prophetic statement over your head in the name of Jesus. Jesus, that family situation, that trouble, that circumstance, that thing that looks dead, that that work that looks dead, that thing that ministry that looks dead, that thing that you you started very nicely and it, it, it seems it's taken away from you. I came to release the prophetic word of God over your head that your Redeemer lives. And because he's alive, he's going to bring it back to life. going to bring it back to life. Your Redeemer lives. And I like how Job described God. Job described, you know, every everything in scripture, everywhere in scripture, every person that encountered God in scripture also painted a picture and a side of God to us that we possibly did not know. And that is the beauty of them that encountered God. They made us know God. So you see, the 21st century believer is having so much of God that the people that perhaps encountered God themselves didn't have much of God as they, they did in their times. Because anytime someone encountered God, it gave to us, we the onlookers, a side of God that we possibly did not know. Oh, in the past, maybe other people knew God as a savior. Other people knew God as a healer. So when somebody encounters God and God heals him or her, the person said, okay, then God is a God that heals. Then it becomes a name of God. He's a God that saves. He's a God that do this. He's a God that, that grants victory. He's a God that... That is how come the Israelites walk with God. That is how come the people in the scripture walked with God. And you know, I love the way Job described God. He said, this God is a redeemer. He's a redeemer. He had, he had revelation in his pain. And there are times I tell you, most of the revelations that you may possibly have will be from an unfavorable condition. And recently I was just communicating to God and I was just talking to God and I was, I was like, so you? And this is how I talk to God. Um, 
the religious people can 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 cover their ears more. And this is how this is how I talk to God. And I'm like, so you it's like you, you like trouble. You must like you like trouble. You make things move from the extreme possible to the extreme impossible. Then you you come then you come and do your things. Like it's like you like trouble. It's like you don't like peace. It's like when you are there and things can be alright. You just don't like. You always want things to move from the extreme possible to to the extreme impossible. Then you come in. Then why why? And then you told me something. And then you spoke to me. And it was very very loud. That's why he said, when things move from the extreme possible, it moves out of the hands of man. When it comes to the impossible, that is where it comes into my hands. And it's true. As men, most of times, when we can do it by our own strength, hardly do we even seek the consent of God to do it. Hardly do we even involve God. want to walk and work with people that claim ownership of some of the things of the things that he do God don't want that God don't want to walk and work with people that claim ownership of the things that he does so he allows things to move listen to the words that I'm using very carefully I said he allows not he doesn't cause God doesn't cause God will not cause you to die. God will not cause you to lose. Even the Job story, it wasn't God that did it. God just allowed it. There are times God will allow. He will allow troubles to come your way. There are times God will allow that condition to become worse. There are times that you just had a normal headache and then God will just sit down that it will move from headache till the time that you are in the hospital bed and he's going to allow all that and then he's there and he's there. You are on the hospital bed you have moved from all the these you are in a critical d condition and you are in the hospital and then the doctor said yo you are you are going to have you are going to you are going you're not going to live up to this point you have a little amount of time to move or to live here on the end and you know you begin to cry to god people begin to say things oh oh this and god comes in and when god comes in he comes he defies logic he defies logic he defies logic. He defies logic. I came to tell somebody in the name of Jesus. It's my prayer for you. Some of the some of the some of the revelations, all the all the revelations we have of God came from conditions that were not very pleasant. 
some of the popular things we we say to ourselves some of the christian um lines and phrases we say to but my god shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory like all these things we say trust me it came from the low point of people that worked with god what i'm saying is that what i'm saying is that in your times of lowliness in your times where you feel low and broken there is a revelation that must come out of your life oh it will bless a generation it will bless a group of people and listen to me one of the most popular places preachers preach from is the book of job and it's about job's story and every christian knows something about job why because he was able to catch a glimpse of who God is and brought it out. Don't waste your pain. There is a prophet that is in pain. Bring it out. Don't waste that pain. Don't let the pain turn you into a better person. Don't let the pain make you deviant. Don't let the pain make you coarse. Don't let the pain make you bristle. Don't let the pain get the best out of you. But get the best out of pain. There is focus in pain. There is revelation in pain. There is God in pain. For I know that my Redeemer lives. May you be blessed in Jesus' name. I pray for you. Get to know that your Redeemer lives. 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 Makadiba Shatta. Mendele Gasus. You are blessed. You are highly favored.